is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Tom Vizzano, we continue the conversation on show creations at the Walt Disney Company, and we talk about his new book coming out this October, Mike and Beck, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Tom Vizzano. The um, mentors early on, did you, did you, do you have mentors? Are there standout lessons you've learned or conversations you've had with said mentors? Yeah, um, high school is... Ray Shaheen, who um, I was in the marching band, of course, what kind of geek is that? Um, and he said, you, you're funny. You should go into theater. And so he put me in Godspell. And um, so I was in Godspell. But, you know, you know that, do you know Godspell? Yes. When, and they're like, at the end, one of you will betray me. And they all go, could it be me, Lord? Could it be me, Lord? Could it be me, Lord? I was the last one. And I was like, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> And everyone laughed. It was it was so inappropriate. But even then, I knew that's what all of a sudden they kicked in. Like I I like I like this. People, everyone is laughing out there because and there of course it was the wrong thing to do to ruin the scene by saying, "Well, it wasn't me." Um, but that was the jump start. And then a very good friend of mine, uh, Lori. Jordan, who taught me about always taking the higher path. Mm. Uh, she was someone I worked with very closely at Disney. And sometimes in New York, you could just kind of say how you feel and escape too much judgment. But in a large corporate setting with many diverse and people with uh, you, if you, you just can't say what you want. And it's always best to make your point, but take the higher road. So those are my two mentors and then of course my whole family has been a guiding principle yeah where does the i have to take a pause here where does the humor come from for you have you discovered where that all came horrible from? pain horrible pain yeah. no i don't know <laughs> i mean i think it was uh i don't know like i think it's family i think it's family i mean mm -hmm. like my family's they're nut jobs, right? And so I'd yeah. always be standing. They put little Tommy on the table. Let him entertain us while we do so. I don't. I think, <laughs> you know, I watched. I watched a lot of television. I think I learned from. Uh, okay, so reruns of Ernie Kovacs show, then Lucille Ball, then Carol Burnett and her team. You just watch the genius of that timing, right? And yeah. that's timeless. I mean. I still, I was up last night to like 2 a.m. watching TikToks of Carol Burnett sketches. I mean, it's just, I think you're taught by what's truly inherently always going to be funny mm -hmm. and, and that pause. Um, and I do think comedy also for me personally uh, comes from to, to be accepted, you know, more like growing up as a gay person who was it you know, wasn't it wasn't popular at all mm. in the, like the early 70s so i think you need to fit in a different way so i wasn't i never played sports and i didn't do this that the other thing so but tom was okay because he was funny <laughs> okay that's I a good that's, answer i think that's really where it comes from um jumping over to hong kong disneyland and introducing Halloween to Asia. What was that? What was the thought process? Where was the touch-off point to begin that? Anything that comes to mind? 
Oh, okay, well, uh, so, you know, in China, um, was life-changing because we think we have a lot of holidays here in the United States. They have triple the amount. And there's this mixture, There's while there's no official religion, there's a lot of tradition. So um, it'll be the feast of this or the every Friday is uh, burnt offerings to ancestors. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But they weren't fully, and ghosts are not a good thing there, by the way. So mm-hmm. their Halloween is different from ours. They they believe strongly in ghosts, and um, they're not a good thing. So you can't do spooky. You have to do immersive, groundbreaking, sort of um, interesting ways to be absurd. Okay, that's the best way I could say it. Mm. So, however, I with the research, group we found out that tim burton's nightmare before christmas was hugely popular so i said to introduce halloween to disney in hong kong we're we're going to do a nightmare before christmas parade Mm. and we're going to do it all in uv light and we're going to have the floats look one way under parade lighting that's not uv and then in a flip show them completely differently and so with a huge team, we built this amazing parade uh, with amazing partners who are way more talented than me that started off with like a 10-story Jack Skellington puppet and then followed by each scene of the movie. But when it went, UV, everything was UV-treated, costumes, sets, yeah. everything turned amazingly abstract so what would look like a group of people walking that were part of the vampire choir and under uv light it looks like they turn into bats and when their costumes open it looked like bats were flying all over and it was quintessentially my favorite parade i've ever done um and it was life-changing and it proved that there can be a halloween and then from there we decided we got approval in Hong Kong to do haunted walkthroughs, much like a competing theme park does very, very, very well, by the way, here in Orlando. Mm. Um, we did walkthroughs. So our first walkthrough was as if you were going into a haunted hotel. And we actually built it in a warehouse in the middle of China. And then, I mean, we built rooms, elevators. I mean, in China, you could do anything because they have the resources and the people. And so after that first successful year, we had um, we added a new walkthrough every year and became sort of the destination for what would be considered Halloween in uh, Hong Kong. And ironically enough, in Chinese, it, it trans, the translation is Hong Kong Disneyland's peculiar event. They don't, they don't have the word Halloween. So. Okay. <laughs> That's- I have to mention my... Cohort producer partner Lisa Chung, who's still there, yeah, was instrumental in delivering all these products. So yeah. Lisa, big shout out to Lisa. Yeah. What what have you learned about storytelling, especially when it comes to, I guess, maybe the Disney brand? How have you gotten better at, you know, taste or kind of having an idea of what works or what wouldn't work? I have no taste. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I think Disney's got this unique, um, if it doesn't come from the heart, Mm. don't do it. 
So even if it's comedic, um, even if it's a sketch, if it's not authentic, it's not going to work. So I have, I mean, besides our stories and our movies, which, you know, clearly have heart, you, there's always that journey, right? Like the express, Hercules, Moana, mm-hmm. um, Tiana, they have journeys, right? And there's also comedy, but it's that little heartfelt moment that's added that you must have, or you don't touch an audience is I think what I, I think I, the key learning is in all, all things. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I don't, you know, I'm curious what, how many, uh, and it's hard to, I'm sure it's hard to put a number on this, but how frequently are you having to, or thinking of new ideas every day? The, great. Next question. Literally every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, um, there's something I, as creative director for events beyond parks, resorts, there's always somebody that has a need, right? So yep. we're, what month is it? it's august so we're working on the 50th opening halloween thinking about christmas and then thinking also about what are we going to offer in the summer right. like so it's like yikes <laughs> so every day is yikes <laughs> but fun a fun yikes but yikes yeah no it's but just yikes. it's crazy to yeah. think about and just what little we've heard thus far and i guess quite a lot of what we heard just far with like the new ship the wish there's a lot and that's just one boat so yeah, it's got to be. And luckily, I, that's not me. That's a brilliant woman named Denise Case, who's the creative director for the ships. And she's. That's her. Yay. That's not me. <laughs> Good luck. She, she does an amazing that's, job. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm I can't wait. Everything is looking just so fantastic, especially the castle, too, for the 50th. It's exciting. I um I want to talk about communication. Now, you said collaboration is key, obviously, within this corporate structure. How have you gotten better at communicating thoughts, ideas, etc.? Yes, that's a great question. If you don't communicate to all the parties, um, it'll any project could get derailed. So I think you start... Um, the thing is, when you have an idea... I'm kind of living this right now with the 50th, you present the big idea and that's, that's vetted finally, you know, up, up uh, the uh, ladder of to, to the top man, who's Bob Chapek, who by the way is amazing. And Josh DeMarle, who is our president, who is amazing. Great. Uh, Josh and I were in Hong Kong together and I, I, I can't think of better leaders. All right. Once the whole idea is bought off on the first thing you have to do, is invest the people that are actually going to do it Mm. so that's a kickoff we call it a kickoff Mm. and if you're not communicative inclusive and get everyone on board in that kickoff it will not fly Mm. so once it's bought off communication to everyone that will be involved is absolutely necessary and then to keep your leaders and i do a weekly report um, whether anyone reads it or not, I don't know, but I think, you know, I always say if I could read it at a red light as a leader and feel I got it, that's how I write the weekly report to be communicative, like bullet point, everything's on track for this bullet point, Mm -hmm. this dive Mickey TikTok, huge hit, um, which Mm -hmm. we actually did, by the way, we have a Mickey who dives. It's amazing in an aquarium. And if you have been to the seas, you got to check it out. Yeah. 
So yes, communication, that's how you do it. Constant and thorough. Yeah. Are you taking walks? Are you clearing your brain by doing, I don't know, Sudoku? Not that that would clear a brain, but you know, are there, are there methods of operation you have to get the juices flowing? Xanax. <laughs> and a sharp uh, day. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I work out, I try to work out every day, whether it's running or something. Um, as you can imagine this over the last year, the zoom calls has been sitting in this, chair yeah. and so yes you have to get up and do something um yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I you know i wrote a book that's coming out in october so i did i take personal time for that and uh, the um i'm really excited about that it falls right with the 50th so it's a little wonky but yeah. yeah i have a book coming out and i that also takes my mind off and that's very uh it's it's a fictionalization of my own life um and uh, it's based mostly in family, so I'm really excited about that. That's probably going to be hilarious. Well, I hope so. I mean, I I think it's funny, but and my mother does, but let's see if anyone else does. How long have you been working on that book? Has that been journal entries that have turned into a book or sat down specifically to write it? Six weeks. So I wrote it. I never thought I would get a publisher. I sent it to three. I got three acceptances, and then I picked one and I just approved the back cover art yesterday. So to me, it was like, how did that happen? Can the title be you shared know? yet? Or is oh, this... sure. Um, the, the, it's called Mike and Beck, B-E-C. And it is, a, well, I'll tell you the story is um, Mike is in his final 12 hours of his life in the year 2050. And his soul has separated I set up this premise that your soul separates from you for the last 12 hours to do the reflecting of your life for you. And so Beck, the soul, relives all the crazy, wacky, incredible stories they had together. That's beautiful. I can't wait to read that. I have a, a question coming up later on most gifted books, but your answer might be <laughs> Mike and Beck <laughs> eventually. Do you have any favorite books? that uh, you enjoy more than once or that you gift frequently? Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. And, uh, you know, the, A Christmas Carol is the perfect book. It's, it describes life perfectly. Yeah. Um, and Rebecca. And, um, oh, I love trashy books, too. I mean, I love them. I, and I read all um, Dean Koontz books, even though they're the same book over and over again. I just, <laughs> I love them. I can't stop reading them. I'm a huge fan. I just. I love that. I absolutely love that. Do you, um, do you have any text that you refer to daily or meditations or anything particular? Um, I say a prayer every night that is the same prayer. Yeah. Okay. Does that count? That counts. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's always so interesting to talk about spirituality. And I know you said you're interested in many religions. So it's interesting, you know, you find commonalities between them or you can, you know, take what you like from each one and, you know, kind of make your own. I guess that just brings us into a whole part two conversation about religion and beliefs. Yeah, I mean, you never think of your religion as being weird, but, you know, I went to a number of Indian in India, um, religious ceremonies one one was about a, a cow a female cow that has a male's organ hmm. like 
the celebration of the cow. So, you know, I'm up some down and I asked the um, spiritual leader later, I'm like, okay, so you know a cow is a female, right? Mm. And he's like, well, let me put it this way. You know that you have a story of a girl who never had sex that had a baby that rose from the dead. So how far off are we with a cow with a penis? I'm like, well, good point. Point taken. I know I didn't realize the difference with, you know, until college really, right, is when I realized, oh, Catholicism is, uh, wow. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of faith right there. You yeah. know, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, she's a commitment. Um, are there common pieces of incorrect advice that you've heard in reference to creating a show or life theater, anything in particular? Bad advice? Sure. Oh, God, that's the toughest question right now. Let's see. Bad advice would be... Oh, okay. Well, if someone said just, you know, watch your show from center... Sure. I've been uh, some some directors when I was young told me you know he always or she always said center you you have to move you have to move around you have to see it from where all the audience would see it and the second one is if you don't if when your show opens and you don't watch the audience ever you're not going to learn what's not working in the show mm. it does it's not it's not like a Mona Lisa right. you know the live theater. You could like or not like the painting, but you could keep walking by. But when you invite guests who have paid to come and sit and watch a show, you have to make sure that there's an appreciation for it. And you could you have to watch them and you'll know if it's working and where it's working and where it's not. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, changes made, especially during COVID, changes made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, we had a complete renaissance here in Walt Disney World. Um, COVID's horrible, and there's no nothing more to say about that, and no one should experience it. Mm. But it did make us think out of the box and change the way we did all of our work, so it forced a renaissance. So mm. the product that could have gone away years ago or product that needed to change, changed. And looking at things differently, like character dining, where characters, Disney famous characters would come up to your table, had a change. But we had so many great recoveries and new findings. And hey, this is better. Let's not ever change this back. Hmm. There was a renaissance of our work. So like any horrible thing, we did learn a lot. And I know when you have a lot of people who have to sign off on something, it, it takes longer, right? Did the process or speed in which change happens? Uh, lightning fast. It yeah. was lightning fast during COVID. There, first of all, there, there were many less people around. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, you know, it was almost like being in a war room. <laughs> you have to make decisions at that time and go with it and trust that people were going to do it with you well. And there wasn't there wasn't time to have endless conversations. Like we had a month to figure it out and reopen. Wow. Favorite failures or apparent failures that have set you up for success? Does any, Oh my God. Is there any? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, there's, 
failures every, everywhere. Uh, are we guys are we talking relationships? Or are we still talking about show business? If you want to um, jump into relationships, we can do relationships. <laughs> it's up to you. I would love to jump into a relationship that just isn't, and I don't have one. Um, <laughs> well, I think I've been in a couple. I've been in a couple shows that were so bad that I've learned. I, I, I learned what a bad show is. I think you have to be in a bad. There was a Skyline Club, which lasted the whole week off Broadway. Yeah. And there was another show called, um, oh my God, I can't remember the name. We played at the John Hausman Theater on 42nd. And it was just, it was even re first read through, we were all like, this is horrible. I think my gut is if, I think if you know something's going to be bad, get out of it gracefully. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that I'll never be, I'll never try to be in a bad show again. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, there's nothing worse than performing a show. You're like, I would rather, I really would rather die than go out here right now and say these lies. <laughs> I once was in a show where I had to sing fake contract at like, you know, a high G. Yeah. The end of the song ended with fake contract. And I'm like, what kind of? Lyric is what's a fake contract? And I was like, I'm not, that's a bad show. <laughs> How do you um okay, all right, we'll go to in life. <laughs> in life, what's most important to you? Be a nice um, human. I'm wearing yeah. That says right now be a nice human. Yeah. Um yeah. That's it. I mean, um we talked about kindness earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a an open door policy also at work, like, just talk to me. Like, I just tell me what's wrong or right, you know? Um, really basic principles, listen, listen to people. Yeah. And then, uh, and ask about people. Like mm -hmm. at work, you know, I like to, what I call make the rounds where, I think it's just me though, I'm nosy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And remember things about them. Hey, I heard your mom was ill last week is she how's she doing and pe people respond to that mm. and the reason i think i do it is because i like when people do it to me mm. it makes me feel like a person that has a life besides my career you know mm -hmm. i love that i absolutely love that um metaphorically speaking if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see does anything come to mind i I don't know if I'm the only one that said it, but I've been saying it a long time. Be interested, not interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I find that people fancy themselves being interesting and, you know, kind of eccentric. And I don't, I think that's fine, but it, you can't get there unless you're interested in things. And that will add to your your pockets filled with things. If you're interested in everything, you could use that as your toolkit. I really enjoy that quote because it takes a real big level of selflessness to listen. I mean, it's all of the outward facing communication, you know, listening, asking questions. You can always learn more, be interested, not interesting. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't like what you're hearing, at least be interested in it and let and know and then then does it apply to you and or how can you fix it so you could uh, not fall into that trap mm -hmm. 
especially, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, or always, you know, with things that haven't changed, things that have changed. Um, yeah, that's what I put on the billboard. You know, it's funny you say that because when I have certain times I have conversations with certain individuals and I'll find myself talking more than them about myself, which I actively try not to do because I always want to know more. And I'm like, oh, you got me. <laughs> I fell for the questions. I fell for you being interested. Not like it's something you fall for, but I noticed that among individuals, they'll get me to start talking. And I'm like, oh, I want that. That's what I want. I want to get other people to start talking, which is a big part of this podcast. So thank you. Well, um, I'm, I feel like I like over talk, but oh, no. I, yeah. I think we got part two. The beauty of three. editing. The beauty of editing. <laughs> Uh, before we wrap it up, Tom, is there anything else you want to throw in here? Any plugs, any other things coming up that you want to shout out to? Did I mention I have a book coming out in October? Um, so yeah, look for the book, but no, you, I, uh, the only plug I would make is that, um, you have to be there for people, you know, like a, I've always known this, but this year has shown, I've seen people who have been devastated by loss of work hmm. that have gone the distance and helped other people. Mm-hmm. That is what it's all about. You know, be there for people yeah. because that's the only thing that's really, really left on earth. We're screwing up everything else, but we could fix this if we're just there for people. I love that. I love that. And this book, it's going to be, you can download it. You'll be able to buy a hard copy, a soft cover yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be able okay. to buy it. You'll be able to, there'll be an online sale as well as in the bookstores. So. That's fantastic. I can't wait to read it. It just, that sounds like a beautiful story from the heart. Like what we were talking about. Send me about. your address. I'll send it to you. Please, please do. All right. Thank you so much for doing this, Tom. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you and thank you for having me. Hey everyone, Tom Vizana. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 